This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of At The Turn. I am Joe. Nick is joining us from, what, your farm? You have a farm these days? Yeah, I got a farm these days out in Southbridge, Massachusetts. And uh, (laughs) it's also the new remote studio of At The Turn. Oh, wonderful. So... We're going to get to a lot of Tiger talk today. We're going to talk Phil. We're going to talk U.S. Open because that's coming up very soon. Um, but we're going to start. Uh, Joe. Yeah. You didn't tease probably the most gut-wrenching and, like, exciting would-you-rather we've ever had on this show. Yes. It is a but good you, one. You you came up with a really good one that you texted me earlier in the week. And it's it's pretty much all I've been able to think about. And it's... It's like painful to try to answer it. Yeah, we we but, but I'm we, excited for it. We put it out there on Twitter. We got a lot of good response. Uh, if you follow us at at the Turn Pod, uh, it's 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 a simple question, but a difficult answer. Who would you rather see win the U.S. Open? Tiger Woods for his 15th major completes the comeback. It'd be his first major win in a decade. Or Phil Mickelson, six-time runner-up at the U.S. Open, and he would complete the career. Grand Slam. We'll get to that later on in the episode. That should be a fun debate. But Nick, you played golf very quickly the other day. Can you uh, can you tee this up? Yeah, Joe. We've been talking about speed golf quite a bit on at the turn over the last year. And um, speed golf essentially where you you hit your tee shot, you start your stopwatch, and you run as fast as you can uh, for your round of golf, and you try to shoot the best score plus time. As possible, so you're basically just running the entire time, and 
while playing golf. You don't pull the flag. Um, hopefully you don't find any bunkers and you just, you just go for it. And I've, I've been talking about it and I finally had the chance, uh, to do it about a week ago. Yeah. And you, uh, you posted a little, uh, post speed golf press conference on Twitter for the at the turn patrons. Uh, so we're going to play that now for the folks. Just finished my first round of speed golf. Uh, my goal was to break 50 and break 40 minutes. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, I didn't reach either goal. Ended up shooting 54. It took me 50 minutes uh, to run this course, nine holes. So um, definitely some room for improvement. Uh, I'm not sure. My biggest takeaway, I showed up at 545, and I had to uh, ask some guys to let me tee off ahead of them. I thought I was going to have no problem getting on. But that's the thing. If you're playing speed golf, you have to make sure you're the first one out. Otherwise, uh, you, you can't really run into groups behind you, in front of you. So... Uh, it was fun. I'll try it again. I think next time I can uh, shave a few minutes and hopefully a few strokes off. So there you have it. That was Nick. What was that, about a week ago, Nick? Yep. And what are your thoughts now? I just had some time to process. Yeah, so a couple things um, th- that, I, that really bothered me after that because my time was 50 minutes, but it, it <clears throat> was probably really more like 48 because I didn't have a proper stopwatch, so my my golf watch, I have a Garmin golf watch, it tells me the duration of my round afterwards. So I just figured I'd use that, which I did, but it starts the round as soon as you start your watch, as soon as you tell it what course you're playing, basically. And so I did that, and then I had to go kick two guys off the first tee, and uh, you know, yeah. tie my shoes, find my glove, all that, all that nonsense. Real quick, so, can you can you tell me about the conversation you had with the guys on the first tee? Well, yeah, this is the same course as our. If you listen to our last episode, where I went and it was raining in the middle of the day, and there was, and they basically shut the course down. There was nobody there. <laughs> so I roll up at five forty in the morning, and there's two other dudes in the parking lot, like walking towards the first tee as I pull up, and I'm like, this is insane. Like, give me a break. So. I, I also wanted to make sure I could get out to the first tee before they teed off to, to tell them what I was doing. So I jumped out. I, uh, you know, loaded up my stuff real quick, which was easy because I only had five clubs. And uh, so I run to the first tee and they're like pulling the balls out of their bags. And I was like, guys, I have a random favor to ask, but I'm playing speed golf. I'm going to be sprinting. Can I tee off before you? And they're like, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. So they had no problem with it. But um, but it was, you know, I felt like I had to rush a little bit because I didn't want to, uh, I don't want to give them a chance to tee off and then I would be kind of screwed. Well, I'm glad they were understanding. It sounds like <laughs> this new home course of yours in Massachusetts has given you uh, a few problems so far, Nick. Well, we're going to hear about another one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so another, I digress. Go ahead. So another, another episode that happened during my round, which I wished, I wished I would have mentioned during my post-game press conference, oh my goodness, my wife's calling me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dogs and uh, wife have made an appearance in the first five minutes. What an episode so far! I know, I know, and I'm gonna, I'm fighting the urge to click the this pen next to me constantly. Also, so, anyways, <laughs> um, so I get to the fourth tee, and uh, I'm obviously like running around this place. And I'm about to tee off in this golf cart, like a, uh, a maintenance guy on a golf cart pulls up. He's driving up the cart path, so I'm kind of waiting for him. And he just kind of like stares me down a little bit. And I'm like, hi, I'm Nick. And he's like, did you play out here earlier in the week? And I'm like thinking back, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I came Tuesday morning. And there was another situation. I came Tuesday morning, and it was like 
6 a.m. and I played before work. I just went straight to work from the golf course. And he's like, well, you didn't check in. And I'm like, yeah, well, when I got here, the, the pro shop was locked, you know? And so like, I figured no big deal. He's like, well, it wasn't locked when you left. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm really sorry about that. You know, like I was, I was rushing off to work afterwards, you know, and it wasn't, you know, I paid my membership. So I didn't know if it was, he's like, well, and he like asked me my name and was kind of like questioning if I, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right. And then he, then like before he pulls off, he's like, oh, all right, better go hurry up. <laughs> Cause he what? saw me running around the course. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> may, may I inquire about the age of this person? Um, I don't know, 45, oh. 45, 55. I, I, I talked to him afterwards. He was like, he's like, I'm here six days a week. And, you know, like I run this, you know, whatever. And I, I just came up after. And I was like, look, man, I didn't try to like, you know, make you upset on, on Tuesday. I was just playing golf before I went to work. You know, <laughs> I found no big deal. So that also added a couple minutes to my time. So I, I really think I could have done it in about 40 minutes. Um, one of the biggest things I was curious about going into it was how much sprinting and playing golf and not like taking practice swings and not, you know, reading putts and all that stuff would affect the score. Um, and I would say, so I shot 54 on my speed golf round, uh, like the, the nine holes before that I had played at the course, I shot 47, which is a lot closer to what I think I should normally shoot. Um, I would say, it, it probably cost me like maybe somewhere between like three and six shots, uh, the whole running aspect of it over the course of nine holes. Interesting. Um, how much do you think teeing off before 6 a.m. affected you? None. I mean, Joe, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm up at like 6 a.m., 5, 5.15 to 6 okay. every, every day doing work or whatever it is. So that was not too far out of the realm. I mean, I, that's really sad to say, and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but I haven't slept past six 30 and I don't know how, I don't know how long, way too long. Did you, did you have any trouble locating a tee shot or a golf ball? Did that, did that add to your time? That's what I always think about speed golf. If someone puts one in the woods or puts one in some tall grass, you got to run around and look for your ball. It's going to cost you a lot of time. Yeah, um, there was a, I think there was two balls that I lost, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to find them, so I didn't have to waste any time. Like, like I hit one into the woods, but it was, it was definitely in the woods. Those it babies are gone. Like, it wasn't like, maybe I can find it like on the edge of the woods. It was like, okay, well, yeah, that's gone. So, so that wasn't that big of an issue. <laughs> so in, uh, I guess in, in summation, to put a button on uh, your, your maiden voyage into speed golf, um, did you dig it? I did. I really did. It was fun. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like something I'm going to do all the time, but I can see doing it, you know, two or three more times over the course of this summer. I mean, it's it's kind of fun. It's better than just running. Um, and if you if you got somewhere to be, or you don't want to spend all day on the golf course, or you just want to get a little exercise, um, yeah, it's not bad. It was fun. It's definitely worth a try. I'm really glad I did it. And I'll, like I said, I'll definitely do it again. I think I think I can beat that that score of what 50 minutes plus 54 strokes is 104. That doesn't sound very good. I think I could get somewhere in the in the high 80s probably if I was a little in better shape and maybe uh, knocked a few close. Well, let's transition from uh, from speed golf to professional golf. We're going to talk a little bit about the memorial, specifically Tiger Woods. So, 
We were texting about Tiger when this tournament started, and he got off to a horrendous start. He played his first seven holes in four over, and we're like, oh, my God. Let me stop you right there, Joe, because I <laughs> I show up to work, and I think it was like my second to last day, or maybe my last day of work before my summer started, and I'm like, oh, Tiger's playing right now. And so, you know, you go on like you go online, and it's like, oh, you can watch, click this link to watch for free. So I click it, and it's like, well, use your trial member membership of ESPN Plus. And I was like, okay, you get you get like a free one week membership, you know, one time basically. And for like Sling, I used it during the NCAA tournament when Villanova hit that buzzer beater against North Carolina to win it, and like that was my week free trial. And I'm like, oh, this was so worth it. And so I get my week free trial ESPN Plus, and Tiger proceeds to make double bogey and then bogey like in the first <laughs> ten minutes. And I'm like. What the hell is happening? Here? Come on, Tiger. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> got up waste. to he exactly. He got up to this terrible start with like, okay, he's gonna miss the cut. Then he really turns it on. I think he ends up shooting par in that first round. And in his final sixty-five holes, he played thirteen under, and he led the field in a bunch of ball striking categories, uh, tee to green, proximity to the hole. Uh, but he couldn't putt. He was second to last in strokes gained putting. There was some stat through the first couple of days that he missed, I think, a half dozen putts inside of five feet. So if Tiger made his putts, he would have won the golf tournament. Um, so I heard a stat. I saw a stat on Twitter that said it was after the tournament. And it said if if Tiger's stroked, strokes gained putting and strokes gained with the driver or off the tee, I'm not sure which one specifically, were zero, meaning that he was – literally average, he would have won the tournament by four. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, I think everyone went, I don't think, everyone went pretty crazy before Augusta. I I, I still remember this very vividly. I think we mentioned this in a previous episode where the roundtable of the Golf Channel, because Nick, I, I don't have the Golf Channel, but they do, you know, live from whatever major that they're having that week, and they just do wall-to-wall coverage of that major. And they did it at Augusta, obviously. Is that with my friend, Brandel Shambly? It is with your friend, Brandel Shambly. <laughs> so it was, it was like him, Duvall, Nabilo, Rich Lerner, so the whole gang. And they go around, and Rich Lerner says, all right, real quick, would you be surprised if Tiger doesn't seriously contend for this tournament? And they all just no doubt said, yeah, of course Tiger is going to contend in this tournament. And he wasn't a factor at all. So, you know, I think we get a little bit crazy with this stuff sometimes, but... When you're looking at these statistics, Tiger literally led the field in several ball striking categories. So it would be tough not to be encouraged about him and this performance at Memorial, even though I think he ended up finishing, you know, T25 as opposed to really being a threat down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a couple of bad holes in like in his back nine on Sunday um, that, that dropped his final ranking, his final standing. But it, no doubt was a great, a great showing for him. It certainly was, and we'll get to more specifics regarding the U.S. Open in uh, just a few. But, Nick, we'd be remiss if we did not mention the winner of the Memorial Tournament, 24-year-old Bryson DeChambeau. Now, if you're not familiar with DeChambeau, he is the guy who uses basically intense analytics to play professional golf. All of his irons are the same length, so his three-iron his wedge have the same length shaft. So there's no difference in how far he's standing from the ball or his ball position. Uh, he His nickname is The Scientist. So he goes about things in a very unconventional way. And when this pod was in its inception, 
We made a lot of jokes about Bryson DeChambeau. Um, and since then, he has gone on to win two PGA Tour events. And Nick, he'd have to do a lot to really mess it up. It looks like he's going to be a Ryder Cup team member as well. So uh, good for Bryson. Uh, it's just funny because, I mean, we, we give him heat, but I, I think the guys on tour give him heat. The, the, the golf media gives him heat. Like he just, I think he brings a lot of it on himself, just kind of his persona. He's just, I, I don't know. I think he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Like I don't think he's bros with like, Ricky and Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Like, I don't think they're going to invite him on a, on a spring break 2019 or anything like that. I just think that he's he's just a little bit, I don't know, he rubs people the wrong way a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think he's kind of an easy target. <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. And I think more to that point, PGA Tour players who receive a lot of attention before they actually accomplish a lot on the golf course, you're going to be – resentful of. I, I, remember, I remember very vividly one of the things we made fun of him for was the fact that he had this endorsement deal with Microsoft Surface before he even won a golf tournament. And, you know, it's him, like, in the Microsoft laboratory and people wearing big lab coats and they're, you know, messing with all these different technological advancements and how can we shade these strokes off Bryson's game? And it's like, who the <laughs> hell is Bryson DeChambeau? He's just some dude who graduated college and he has this... Was he a national champion in college he, or close? He was the NCAA individual champion. Uh, I, th- I think he went to uh, Southern Methodist. So yeah, he, he did. Yep. He did. He did have a good resume coming in, but still, you know, I think it's the same thing that happened with Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler got all these endorsements, and he hadn't won any tournaments. And obviously, he's validated that now. Um, also, congratulations to Ricky. He's he's engaged to uh, I think Allison what? Stokey is her name. The uh, the pole vaulter who's like an Instagram model too. So, yeah, Ricky. Ricky, <laughs> when do you think she makes more money doing? <laughs> so, congrats to Ricky. But anyway, back to DeChambeau. I think it's great. You know, you have this young crop of American golfers, and we haven't really considered DeChambeau to be a part of it. He was just sort of an outlier. I think it's great. Do you do you throw him into that group? Like when you talk about like the the youth movement, like you're throwing DeChambeau in that in that group. I mean, I'm not going to put him in the same class as like Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler. But look, he's won two PGA Tour events in less than a year. He's a likely Ryder Cup pick. He's yeah, trending I mean, in the right direction. In the last Twelve months is is probably better than most than you know almost everybody except for Justin Thomas. And I mean, like maybe it's got to be top 15, 20. Yeah, I mean he's he's not in that top tier. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas. What he won like. Six tournaments in a major and shot 59 in the course of 12 months. That's obviously better. Um, but by the same token, DeChambeau was trending in the right direction. And uh, look, we've talked about Bryson DeChambeau way too much at this point. I just think it's great that uh, he's sort of sticking it to us, Nick. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I'm interested to see what his next uh, 24 months are like. I mean, if he becomes a Ryder Cup hero, then okay, cool. But, you know, uh, we'll see. Jury's out for me. <laughs> Well, the you U.S. Open. I, 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 I am intrigued by the one-length irons, though. I, I have been, I have been tempted to give those a try, but I've never been in a place where I could demo them. Yeah, the, I mean, the, adding more consistency into my game is <laughs> something that's very appealing to me. I'll just put it at that. Uh, we're going to uh, break down a little bit of the U.S. Open coming up in just a few. But first, a word from our sponsor. All right, Nick, so I was out playing the other weekend, and I had my Vice hat on. I was playing my Vice golf balls, and it was so funny. People asked me about it. I told them how much I liked it. 
And in the span of like two holes, I found four vice golf balls. And the starter drove over. He showed me this pink golf ball and he tossed it to me. And sure enough, it said vice on it. So I guess the point is, if you play vice golf balls, good things are going to happen to you. Good karma is going to come your way and you can get vice products, golf balls, towels, Whatever you want from Vice, with free shipping, just use promo code TURN at checkout, T-U-R-N. You're going to get that free shipping, and you'll find more golf balls, darn it. All right, so Nick, the question that we posed on Twitter, we got a pretty good response to it. We're going to talk about it for today's Would You Rather. Would you rather see Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson win the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills? And I was... Look, when I put this on Twitter, I I really thought it was going to be overwhelmingly for Tiger. Actually, Phil is the person that people picked. 53% want Phil to win. 47% pick Tiger. We got some... uh, I guess we don't know our audience very well. (laughs) I guess not. We got some good responses. Shout out to Soren, uh, Fairways and Freeways. One of our first guests. One of our first guests on At The Turn. He said the results were somewhat surprising and I thought Soren was saying that in the sense that, oh, wow, I can't believe Tiger's not blowing him away. And I came in and said, you know, I'm, I I think it's going to be Phil, six runners up in the U.S. Open. If he were to complete the career grand slam, it'd put him in that top tier of all-time greats. And then Soren says, same here. He thought it'd be more more slanted toward Phil as opposed to being 50-50. Um, Brian, I'm going to butcher your last name, Brian. He responded on Twitter, Brian LeFavor. Sorry, Brian. La Favour. La Favour. Great question. Thought Tiger was an auto pick, but Phil winning the career Grand Slam is quite exciting. And shout out to Ann Foley-Smith. I love this response. Doesn't pick Tiger, doesn't pick Phil. She just writes, Justin Rose. (laughs) So that's one vote for Rose. Ann Foley-Smith is... The biggest Justin Rose fan this side of the pond. <laughs> so, okay, Nick, I I think it's Phil. Phil Phil is my pick. Six runners up in the U.S. Open. The man has won five majors. He complete the career Grand Slam. While I think it would mean a lot if Tiger was to win the U.S. Open. Really, if Tiger Woods has 14 or 15 majors, it doesn't really make a difference for Phil to complete the career Grand Slam vanquish all the demons at the U.S. Open, do it at a place where he had one of his runner-up finishes. I think he finished second here to Goosen in 2004. Um, it would just it would just put him in a different stratosphere of golfer. You would think of him a lot differently, where if Tiger wins, I think it's just another major for him. Okay, Joe, sorry. I'm, I'm taking notes on uh, all those points that you just made. <laughs> um, okay. It, it's a better story if Phil wins. It's, it's, I don't want to say more deserving, um, cause it's a challenge. If you win it, then you deserve to win it. But you know, with all the, with the six second place finishes, the career grand slam, um, you know, he did, Phil deserves to be in that top tier. I think he is. I mean, I don't think Phil's legacy is going to change too much now unless he goes and wins like three more majors. Um, the career grand, grand slam would be awesome. So better story for Phil. But when you ask, would you rather, and I had, a, I, I really struggled with this, but I, I just picture I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday afternoon and Phil and Tiger are in the last group and they're tied. And which one of those guys do I want to see make a birdie? I'm rooting for Tiger. I'm rooting for Tiger to win. I would, ra- I would rather have Tiger win. That That's who I'd rather want to win. And 14 or 15 majors, you says it doesn't make a difference. 
I definitely disagree with that because I think Tiger probably thinks he's got a lot left and the way he's playing is probably very encouraging. If you were to win a major right now, there's no telling how many more he could win. Then the decade-long drought is over. Um, you know, he's he's going to shoot up the world rankings. He's already number 80 in the world. Um, if he wins the U.S. Open right now, he can capture that momentum, maybe add another this year, maybe get another Masters, which is the easiest for him to win, um, and maybe he can break Jack's record. I mean, maybe that really propels him, but, you know, we're not going to know unless he wins it, unless he does it. So I think it would mean more for tiger's legacy than it would for phil's legacy well i I shouldn't say that because the career grand grand slam thing but i think phil's legacy is not going to change too much either way yeah it's tough um i think that you're going to have a much different conversation depending on if tiger or phil wins if 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 phil wins it's going to be more reverence and appreciation and okay where does phil stack up in history he finally did it you know it's, it's kind of a bow on his career because I think I think also in addition, Phil would also be the oldest major winner. Um, I, I I believe he's forty eight, and I, I know Julius Boros is the oldest major winner at forty eight years old. And I think Phil would either be close or ha- then have that uh, record if he was to win the U.S. Open. But again, is that true? That's a crazy stat. Yeah, I'd love to see the oldest person who had like a major meltdown on the back nine on Sunday. Cause I always feel like there's oh. like random old dudes in contention who are like. This guy, like Ernie Els, how old's Ernie Els? He just won the Open not too long ago, right? Ernie Els won the Open in 2012, and that was the result of an Adam Scott Adam Scott bogey the last four <laughs> <Yeah>. holes. Um, <laughs> well, I'll give you the answer. It is in recent history. This is probably before you started liking golf. But back in 2009, Tom Watson was 59 years old, and he needed to make a par on the 72nd hole to win the British Open, and he made— That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. He made he made a he hit a beautiful second shot and look I'm not going to recount the whole he didn't win the British Open Stuart <laughs> so he's basically three putt I mean he hit he basically had a six foot par putt to win the British Open and didn't even sniff the hole I mean I I can't imagine how nervous he'd been first of all he would have been the oldest major winner by a decade uh, <laughs> second of all he would have won his sixth British Open which would have just been incredible and look Stuart Sink won. Uh, Stuart Sink somehow is a major winner, basically because he was um, he was in the right place at the right time. And that's not that's not fair. It's not fair to Stuart Sink. Yeah, no, I mean he still played a great four days of golf. You know what I mean? Like otherwise he would have missed the cut. He was right. in the right place at the right, All right time. All right, look, look, you don't want to be on the Stuart Sink end of this argument, Nick. Okay, it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's just not the place to be. But yeah, to your point, um, yeah, there are many. T- I mean, look, Fred Couples. In the Masters, he hasn't done it in the last couple of years, but there was like a, I mean, he, he made the cut like 27 years in a row, and then there was like a five to seven year stretch where he contended almost every year. I think he played in the final group when when Phil when Phil won his most recent Masters, which if I'm not mistaken was in 2010. Um, but yeah, you know, Phil, the number of times that he is contending in majors has really declined in this decade. I think it's only happened a handful of times a couple come to mind. You know, obviously he won the British Open in 2013. He finished second in the U.S. Open to Justin Justin Rose. Shout out Ann Foley Smith <laughs> in 2013, and he had that epic, epic duel with Henrik, Henrik Stenson in the British Open a couple years ago. Um, and look, he was I think 18, 19 under for the tournament and didn't win. So Phil has the game to that still do it. One. That was that was one of the most fun majors I've ever seen. 
he 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 obviously still has the game to do it. It's just a matter of putting four days together. And the problem with Phil contending in a U.S. Open at this point is the weakest part of his game is hitting fairways. It's always been the weakest part of his game, and now it's been exacerbated the older he's gotten. So can Phil put four days together and actually drive the ball well enough to hit enough fairways to contend in the U.S. Open? I'm very skeptical that's possible, but look, if Tiger and Phil were paired in the final group on Sunday of the U.S. Open, there's no way I would root for Tiger. There's just I, I, what? I there's 0% chance I would want Tiger to win in that scenario. It, oh I just I just feel as though Phil's in the entire conversation around Phil would change. Despite Phil's success, he is still, in my opinion, he is viewed as a person who left a lot on the table as far as what he accomplished as a professional golfer. He's won over 40 tournaments in the PGA Tour. He's won a handful on the European Tour. He's won five majors. But there was a long period in which Phil was the best player never to win a major. Phil was a competitive PGA Tour golfer for 12 years before he won his first major. He's won three Masters at this point. He's finished second in the U.S. Open six times, as we mentioned. I mean, Phil should be closer to 10 majors, I think, in a lot of people's opinion. And I'm not saying that his career is a disappointment. I just think that if he was to win the U.S. Open, the whole narrative around him changes. Okay. (laughs) You're you're not – you're – not making incorrect points. I just <laughs> disagree. Would rather see Tiger Woods. I'd rather see him win the U.S. Open and see what he can do from there. That's all. And that's why we call it "Would You Rather." And I that's guess like that's why I'm surprised we disagreed on this one. I am too. But I guess um, one more thing on Tiger: if Tiger Woods, if and when he wins a golf tournament or a major in the next year or two, people are going to absolutely lose their stuff. They're going to talk about, okay, Tiger's 43 years old. Jack won this many majors when he was 43. Tiger has X amount of chances to really compete for majors. They're going to start going crazy again. I mean, this is the same conversation we've been having since 2008. This U.S. Open is the 10-year anniversary of Tiger Woods' last major win when he beat Rocco Mediate in a playoff at Torrey Pines to win the U.S. Open. Was I there? You better believe it. And it was amazing to see. But... I, I, I just think that if Tiger wins anything, Nick, I mean, look at look at how crazy the internet goes when Tiger Woods makes an, an eagle in a tournament and he finishes T22. <laughs> That's such a good point. God, the world we live in would be so much better if Tiger Woods wins the U.S. Open. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the uh, political strife in, in our nation would go away if yes. Tiger Woods just wins the U.S. Open. The volcanoes in Hawaii will stop blowing up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the USGA, you know, they do a lot of wonky stuff, but one of the things they do that I really enjoy is they have fun pairings for the first couple rounds of the U.S. Open. In previous years, they've put, like, three chubby players together. Three, I mean, this is literally what they do. They put, like, three old guys together. Well, they've really done a good job this year. So the two marquee pairings for Thursday and Friday – World number one, Justin Thomas, world number two, Dustin Johnson, and Tiger Woods. World number three, Tiger Woods. <laughs> and then the other pairing, I, I I think I'm more interested in this other pairing. i got to be honest. Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Philly Mick. 
Those are some good ones. Those, those are great. Those are going to be fun. So Both I have, of those are going to be fun. I have a I have a question that I want to ask you, and then and then I can answer it. Do you take those six golfers or the field? Oh, that is a good question. Um, well, only only one of my picks is in is in those groups, so I guess I'd have to say I take the field. I'll take the field as well. The U.S. Open's too random, um, though, and we'll, we'll we'll get to this with our picks in a moment. I feel like we're due for someone to add on to their major total as opposed to having a first-time major winner, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I think I think you're right. I think that's a very good point because we've had a lot of first-time major winners in the last, I don't know, three or four years. Yeah, I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, I mean, aside from Jordan Spieth at the British Open, um, we had what? We had Sergio at last year's Masters, Brooks Kepka at the U.S. Open, Spieth at the, uh, the British Open, Justin Thomas at the PGA, and then Patrick Reed at the Masters. So you've had a lot of um, first-time winners, and I think we're going to see someone – Start to accumulate more majors. That's that's my narrative. Well, Nick, should we? Are you picking, you're picking Patrick Reed, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> don't give it away, Nick. So, do you want to start? Why don't we just go back and forth? You start with Dark Horse. I'll give Dark Horse. Do you want to do it that way? Um, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Do you have? Uh, so my Dark Horse is a is a real Dark Horse. I kind of have two because mm. I realized uh, my Dark Horse. Uh, this is the person I did all my research on. Joaquin Neiman, the 19 year old rookie. Um, the reason why he's a real dark horse is because he's not currently in the field. <laughs> is he an alternate? There are, there are, however, six TBDs, so maybe there's a one in six chance he could still wrap up a spot. Um, I don't know if he's playing in a tournament that's happening right now. Maybe if he, you know, I don't know what. So, but God, his I love performance that pick. memorial. <laughs> don't you? He's played in five PGA Tour events. This is his first year. He's a rookie. He's got three top tens already, Joe. Three top tens in any five events for anybody is great. Three top tens for a 19-year-old rookie in your first your first five of your career, that's incredible. So, Joaquin, somehow, if you can find a way to make it in there, you're my dark horse. If not, my dark horse is Patrick Reed. That's who I just went with after I realized this kid's not currently in the field. <laughs> Patrick Reed? Yeah. It was desperation. I mean, it was a hail mary. I had, to, like I said, I did all those research on this kid. He's not even in the tournament. You, you, you just love Patrick Reed. <laughs> all right, Joe. Who's who's your dark horse? Okay, so this is if he's not the oldest player in the field, he's darn close to it. This man qualified for the U.S. Open, carrying his own sticks. He was out there with his bag on. He doesn't play very often, but when he does, he makes the most of it. Steve Stricker is my dark horse for the U.S. Open. He has done very well in the Champions Tour. He's been a very successful older man golfer on the PGA Tour. Uh, I certainly don't think he's going to win, but I could see old Strick sneaking out of top 20. I mean, the dude was carrying his sticks out there to qualify for the U.S. Open, and he wasn't pulling on a cart, Nick. He had the he double can't... strap. Joe, can we can we talk about that? Please. This? We can talk we'll about it right now. Picks. You sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's its own conversation. Okay, I go guess, ahead. I guess I'll stick with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my contender, none other than the guy I'd rather see win, Tiger Woods. Joe, he is number two right now, currently on tour in scrambling from the rough. Oh. We know, we know the U.S. Open is all about fairways, but <laughs> nobody's going to hit every single fairway. So you're going to have to make par out of the rough. 
Tiger Woods, only one guy is doing it better than him, and I don't even know who that is. So Is it Joaquin uh, Neiman? <laughs> it might be. Small sample size, though. <laughs> I love it. Nick's coming with stats today. That's all I got. I mean, <laughs> That's okay. I, it speaks for itself. After sure. I, I was ready for your pick. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, my contender is someone who hasn't played a lot in the last 12 months, but he's coming back into form. He was injured. He had a big win last year, and oh, as a matter of fact, it's the defending U.S. Open champion. Brooks Kepka is my contender. The last several weeks, starting with the Players' Championship, he had a very good round on Sunday. He's looked very strong, kind of coming in under the radar. Not a lot of fanfare because he hasn't played much in the last 12 months, but he's looked really good when he has played. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brooks Kepka gets a top 10 in there in this U.S. Open. All right, very good, very good. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how little attention he's gotten, I guess, yeah, if he hasn't played much. Exactly. Uh, since that major victory. I mean, I think he was on the cover of a magazine, you know, shortly after that. But um, outside of that, I think, uh, yeah, it has. I mean, it's, it's tough, too, with Tiger Woods coming back. But, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting pick. Uh, you ready for my for my winner, Joe? Who's going to win, Nick? I'm coming with stats. Henrik Stenson will be your 2018 <laughs> U.S. Open champion. All right, let's hear it. And I'm not I'm not excited to say that, um, but it, it's just it's just going to happen. You don't um, like Henrik? <sighs> he's not the most exciting guy out there. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Henrik um, is number one in hitting fairways on the PGA Tour. 78.4 percent, Joe, wow. of his fairways. That's pretty good. Also, what else is going to come down to? Putting. He's number 33 in strokes gained putting. Put those things together for four days. I think he's going to have a good chance. Those are good stats. And what's so interesting about Henrik Stenson is I, I I think he still carries a driver, but he almost never uses it. He has that three wood that he tees up. Both. Oh, <laughs> well, he has that three wood that he tees up like a millimeter off the ground. and He just pounds it 300 yards down the middle. And you think, well, gosh, you don't need a driver if you can do that. And the man's hitting 80% of his fairways almost. That's yeah. quite a statistic. Wild. So Is that, I assume that's who you picked also. <laughs> Henrik Stenson? You know, he was <laughs> tip of my tongue. Um, I'm actually gonna pick one of the one of the big horses, one of the thoroughbreds. Um I I'm not gonna pick Tiger or Phil as much as I want to see those guys contend. I just don't see it happening considering the way Tiger's putting and the way Phil's driving the golf ball. Um, I think that DJ is trending in the right direction, so I think he has a chance to play well in this tournament. But I'm going to go – I mean, it's tough to say you're going out on a limb picking someone this popular and prolific. I think Rory's going to win the tournament, Nick. Um, Rory has really had a lot of sensational rounds on the PGA Tour recently. He has not really put many full tournaments together where he's had four rounds in the 60s four rounds under par. He has a few clunkers in there, but he's had a lot of rounds where he has like 62, 64. He had one of those at the Memorial um, on Saturday the previous weekend, and I feel like he's done that a few times in recent months. Obviously, what happened at Augusta, playing with Patrick Reed can mess with anybody's mind. Uh, I, was very su- <laughs> <laughs> I, was very, I was very surprised he didn't um, really contend on Sunday. Uh, I, just, I just think Rory is due to win a major, it's been almost four years since Rory's won a major. Um, now, he's already won four in his career, so you know if he was to win one, he'd already tie Phil Mickelson for most career majors, um, and I just feel like he's due. I don't, I don't really feel like you need a, a statistics when it comes to Rory McIlroy. 
when he has it on, he and Dustin Johnson are on another another level when I think that they have their absolute A game. Justin Thomas is more consistent than those guys, which is why he's number one in the world right now. But when Rory has it going and he's making putts, he has that swagger intimidation factor that DJ and Tiger also have. They do it in such incredible fashion that it is demoralizing to their competition. And I just think that Rory will get something together. He'll find a little something at Shinnecock, and uh, he'll win his second U.S. Open. Yeah, that's that's a fun pick. I like I like it when Rory's playing well. It's just it's just better when Rory's contending. You know, like for an entire season, it's it's more fun. So I I kind of hope you're right. I like I like Rory. So someone you don't like apparently is Steve Stricker. Can you explain why you don't like the fact that he carried his bag when qualifying for the U.S. Open? No, but you 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 were kind of knocking all those uh, those college guys pushing around their clubs on on the push carts, and uh, I noticed a lot of I saw like a, a bunch of guys on Twitter were were uh, you know giving them grief too, like oh in my day we didn't have those push carts da 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 da. But I just wanna I just wanna be an advocate for pushing your clubs because number one, if you're not gonna take a golf cart, which walking is way more healthy than riding in a golf cart, we've had this conversation before, Joe. Um, there's so much research out there on like how terrible it is for your back to carry your clubs for 30 years. So you should use the car. I don't care how corny it looks. I really don't care. And don't act like you're too cool for school because you used to carry. And now you're probably going to be crippled when you're 50 years old. And now the young kids are pushing their clubs. Nick, we're in, we're in, we're in total agreement here. Um, I, I haven't carried my, my golf clubs in probably like five or six years. Um, I don't get why anyone does it. Push carts are unless you're playing speed golf. Unless you're playing, of course, <laughs> unless you're playing speed golf, it's the technology has evolved so much on the push carts. Like I, I was playing with this dude the other day. He has, you know, I I think Click Gear is probably the number one brand for these right now. And you know, it was it was a nice sunny day. He had the umbrella up, so he had his own shade. There was a little stool on the side of it, so he could like mm-hmm. sit down mm-hmm. when he wanted to. He had a couple beverage holders. I mean. He basically had a literal push golf cart that was with him. Anything he would want in a uh, in a um, motorized or electric cart, he had in the push cart. And you're right. There is – well, I got to say, I'm pretty surprised that people on Twitter were reacting that way because any stigma associated with pushing your clubs as opposed to carrying them – I, I just don't think like the whole like mentality of you got to man up, you got to get out there, carry your clubs, otherwise you're not a man. Like that is nonsense. You're right. To carry your clubs, you just feel so lousy afterward. Like there's there's nothing good about it, and it's gonna hurt your back. It's gonna hurt your spine. I'm 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 glad that society is evolving out of having to carry your clubs. Like for example, on the Golf Channel, they were playing the, the uh, collegiate championships. Uh, and and all the kids were pushing their golf carts. I didn't that's, think that's where it all came from. Like oh, the really? pros were watching the NCAA tournament and they're and they're calling them out. Like, oh, look how lame this is. Everyone's using push carts. Oh, for God's sakes, that's ridiculous. So yeah. the current pros were mad that the college kids now were. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. that's just that's just that's just old man get off my lawn stuff. I have no time for that. Push carts are way better. Get out there, get yourself a push cart. They're wonderful. Perfect. I got nothing to add to that. You got nothing? Okay. Well, no, I got nothing. I'll tell you what, everybody. Just enjoy the hell out of the U.S. Open. It is just one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I love watching the guys struggle out there. It's going to be at a really fun golf course that uh, they've had many U.S. Opens before, so it should be a really fun time. Also interested to see the Fox broadcast crew. Um, 
you know, they got a lot of flack the first time they did it with Chambers Bay. I think that had a lot to do with the golf course itself and Greg Norman in the broadcast booth. They got Zinger in there now. Um, they've got Brad Faxon. They got Curtis Strange. They got a, they got a lot, lot of really good people on their broadcast crew. And look, Fox doesn't get credit for this, but they started the trajectory. the uh, The actual term for it is escaping me. But when 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 you actually see the ball and the line that follows the ball when they make contact with it, the trage cam, the trage cam, yes. Um, and now. When you watch a golf tournament without that, it's almost like, well, I have no idea where the ball went. What's happening? Yeah. So Fox, I think, does a really good job with their uh, with their broadcast, so I'm interested to see. They're, they're not afraid to try new things. That's no, exactly. Awesome. And, uh, you know, look, I think you need that. CBS, uh, I, I think their broadcast has gotten very stale. It's the same old garbage. Faldo making jokes no one understands. Nance pretending like he's someone he's not. It's just a bunch of gobbledygook. Uh, give me, give me Fox. Give me something new. I really like it. So, um, okay, my rant about the broadcasting is over now. Um, sounds good. Well, it sounds like it's an episode of At the Turn. That's an episode of At the Turn. Thank you very much uh, to all of you for listening. Thank you to uh, Vice Golf. Thanks to all the dads out there. We'll wish you a happy Father's Day. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on At the Turn. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then, my benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.